Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. I'm here to tell you today, your hope is not in this world. Your hope is not in the things that this world can give you. Your hope is in God because God still saves remnants. God can take the remnants of this church. God can take the remnants that are in your life and he can gather them together again and make them whole. at the end. Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 1. I don't want to keep you too much longer today, but this word is is a a now word for somebody. I, I cannot move past the word today. Somebody needs to hear what I've got to say to you this morning. Nehemiah 1 and 1, the words of Nehemiah the son of Hakaliah. And it came to pass in the month Kislev in the 20th year, roughly November, December, on the Jewish calendar. As I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. (coughs) And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity therein in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass When I heard these words, Nehemiah said, I sat down and I wept and mourned certain days. It wasn't a 15 minute cry session that he had, but it was a sorrow that was so complete that it lasted for days. The tears just would not stop. He said, I wept and I mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Amen. I want to turn your attention to verse 3. At the report that was given to him. When he asked his friends how his beloved, beautiful, holy city, the city of Jerusalem was doing, this is what they said. The remnant that are left that are being held captive there just a remnant it's not the great beautiful city you remember it to be Nehemiah there's not a hustle and bustle down at the market the children don't play in the streets anymore of the Jewish people that are left there's just a remnant I want to tell you this morning that God saves remnants. God can take the little bit that's left in your life and he can save it and turn it into something beautiful. Hear me this morning. You're not over. You're not done. Your life is still full of breath. And as long as you have breath, you still have time for God to take your scraps, 
your remnants, your broken pieces, and do something beautiful with them. Lord, we ask you, God, right now in the name of Jesus, touch this message in Jesus' name, and would you say amen? God bless you. You may be seated today. Just a few short distance from where we live, there is a recycling place, a place where they take scraps and people haul stuff down there all the time. Now, myself, I'm not a scrapper. I'm not a, a person that likes to save bits and pieces. However, sometimes they come into your life uh, uh, when certain things take place, like maybe a water heater uh, goes out, and the next thing you know, you're left with an old, broken-down, rusty, leaking water heater that uh, doesn't really fit into the core of your home anymore. And you're left with the task of getting rid of it. Now, I have never one time been down to this recycling place myself personally. But due to the fact of where we live, a lot of people drive down our street to get there. And so every once in a while, I will see a, a, an old truck that has uh, sideboards on it drive down our street, and it is just jam-packed full up above higher than the cab, full of old uh, uh, busted pieces of, of framework, uh, metal scrap, uh, aluminum, all kinds of different things, cans, all kinds of stuff packed in the back of that of that those trucks, and they're on their way down to the recycling facility. So I got this bright idea not too long ago when when I had a water heater go out and the uh, plumber didn't take it with him that I was going to just see if this would work. I, I'm not a scrapper. I'm not a recycler. I'm not a, a guy that loves remnants. I don't see the value in it too much. It's more of a hassle. I'd just like to get rid of it. But I, I have an understanding that there are people out there that, that thrive on that kind of stuff. They love to do that kind of thing. And so I took that old water heater out along with a couple other uh, metal uh, things that had been gathered around the house for a little while. And I set them out by the street. And I, I took an old magic marker and I wrote on the side of it, free scrap. And it wasn't two hours before I walked out into my yard and somebody had come by and took that old piece of uh, metal that was of no value to me and thrown it in the back of their vehicle and, and took it and hauled it away. And I'm sure they were on their way down to the recycling facility and they grabbed that thing. Uh, it was important to, the, to, to them. It was valuable to them. It wasn't of any value to me. I didn't see the value in it. Now, my wife, on the other hand, she, she can kind of be a, a little bit on the... Uh, on the different side of that. Now, not so much with metal scraps and things that, that are laying around our, our house, but, but when it comes to a, a meal that we, we haven't finished, uh, uh, she can see the value in just a few kernels of corn or, or maybe uh, three green beans that, some, that somebody didn't finish off. And she's constantly trying to say, is there anybody here that will finish this off? And, and, and we're like, no, we're stuffed. It was so good. You know, uh, she's, she's a great cook, but, but there's limits to, to our ability to be able put the food away and so uh, uh, have you ever seen those little bitty Tupperware containers that, that are probably about the size of this right here <laughs> this little mint thing I look at those things in a store and say if that's all I got I'm not putting it in a Tupperware container but these are designed not for people with my mentality but for people with my wife's mentality these are perfect for those three green beans that nobody was able to eat could, huh? Fourth of a cup? You're being very generous there. That's if it's full. 
you don't always fill them up. After all, somebody later on might think those green beans sound good, right? I've got people shaking their head at me like, that's right. Your wife is right. You're wrong. Sit down, Brother Rice, and let your wife finish out this sermon. <clears throat> what I'm saying is people just have a different mentality when it comes to the value of things. She's not wrong. She's right, and very oftentimes, I might even be the one to go in there, and, and I'll never let her know this, but I'm, I, well, I guess I just kind of am right now. I might go in there and, and pull one of those things out, and that'd be the perfect amount for what I want to eat. Just, just, I'm just hungry for three green beans. That's, you know. Okay, I'm, I'm exaggerating slightly. Five green beans. The thing is, I don't like scraps. I don't like small pieces of things laying around in, in hopes that one day I might need them. I, I, I don't like remnants. I, I'm not one that wants to go out and, and keep something just because, well, one day that might come in handy. You know, th there are those people. There was some old carpet that was down underneath the, our steps in, in our basement that the people that had uh, lived there before us had kept uh, in, in, I guess, uh, maybe... Uh, in case there was a stain in the carpet or something like that. But in my opinion is, uh, is by the time that carpet gets to the place where you need to, to cut a spot out, it's not going to look right. It's going to make the rest of the carpet look bad anyway. Anyway, why keep the remnant? Just pitch it all away. And if you have a stain, you just go out and try to get the stain out or deal with it. I don't like remnants. I don't see much value in them. I don't see much worth in it and in my opinion it's better just toss it in the dump because everybody knows that a scrap is nothing more than just a piece of trash that someone has failed to throw away got one person on my side out there <laughs> nehemiah has just received word that his people are on the verge of non-existence He's been captive. He's in a, in a place where he is uh, basically a slave. He's living in, in Babylon. It's not back in Jerusalem. The city was once a vibrant place, the holy city of God, Jerusalem, the, the place that God chose himself, the place that still is valued probably as one of the most highly sought after pieces of land in the entire world, and it's his people that were living there at one time but now he gets word from his brethren how is the city how is the holy city jerusalem how do our people fare and he does not get the news that he desires to have i believe that he's hoping to hear well things are turning around it's starting to look good again there's there's life that's going on but but that's not the word that he gets he just received word that that uh, the once vibrant city is laying in ruins and the, the gates are torn apart and things are broken down and burnt down and, and the people that are there are just a remnant of what it used to be the people are even broken down the hometown where he spent his childhood days playing and he's go gone to school in is in disrepair and nobody seems to care walls are falling in gates are in charred ruins the people that were left were so few in number that the bearer of the news from Jerusalem calls them a remnant. 
Just a scrap compared to the thriving community that used to fill the city. Now there's nothing more than pieces. You see, in biblical times, when a land was conquered by an enemy, a lot of times they would either haul the, the strong men and anybody that was of value out to either be slaves or they would just wipe them out completely so they couldn't rise up in rebellion against them. And, and they would leave nothing but the broken down and the elderly and maybe some children and, and some, some weaker women. That, that They would leave them behind just to kind of for themselves and that's exactly what was taking place this wasn't this wasn't a group of men left over in Jerusalem that were strong and that could gather together and form a committee or get together and, and form a rebellion and try to win back over their land it was nothing more than just a bunch of broken down old people and a few children just a handful of Jewish people that were left make matters worse the Bible says that those that were left were in affliction and reproach. The shame was unbearable. So the Bible lets us know that the news was so devastating to Nehemiah that he sat right down and cried for days. That's what hopelessness will do to you. That's what hopelessness will bring into a person's life. When, when you start getting beaten and battered down and you, you thought that everything that you were doing was going to be okay and only to find out that, that sin has left you, left you destitute and, and that, that the, the ravages of this world have just taken everything of value to you and, and left you basically with nothing, it will give you a sense of hopelessness, a place where you just find yourself sitting down, throwing up your hands and crying for days in depression because you feel like there's no way out. There's no way that you can ever put this back together again. And Nehemiah finds himself crying and praying that it can't be true, but it is. I'm talking to somebody today that's been in that same type of situation where you felt what's the use with the little that you had left, you felt like, and maybe you feel like, there's not even enough here for God to work with. The enemy has torn down your walls and left you feeling vulnerable. You feel so susceptible to an attack from the enemy that it's not even worth fighting anymore. Somebody hear me. I'm talking to somebody. You're at the place in your life where you, you're asking yourself, I'm going to break it down just a little bit more even for you, where you're asking yourself, is it even worth showing up at church? Does prayer even work anymore? Does God even hear me? Are things so bad that I am nothing more than a remnant? I am just a shadow of what I thought I would be. I thought my life would be so much greater than this. I thought I'd feel so much more happy when I gave in and did certain things, but only to find out that it's left you lost and dead and broken down and vulnerable to any attack of the devil. I'm here to tell you today, your hope is not in this world. Your hope is not in the things that this world can give you. Your hope is in God because God still saves remnants. And he'll save you. If you'll give what you have left over to him, God will take that remnant and create it and design it into something that is beautiful. Your life isn't over. 
God can take the scraps. God can take the small pieces. God can take the brokenness. God can take the messed up parts of your life and put it into a design that will blow your mind. When God gets his hands on it, God loves to take the remnants of your life and create something beautiful out of it. Nehemiah's looking at things. And I'm sure, you know, back in the old days, what they would do, they would, they would rip their garments when they were, when they were in a deep depression, when they were mourning. Even a king, I believe it was David, he rent his garments, tore it. The thing that once had been beautiful, the thing that once had represented royalty was now ripped into nothing more than a remnant. Torn asunder. I'm sure Nehemiah felt like that. God, what are you doing? This is your promised city. This is your holy city. We are your chosen people. And I can see in Nehemiah's mind how everything that had gone on there, because the people that were there, they had fallen into idolatry. What had happened was the, the world had come in and begun to tear God's people apart. And it began to tear them into nothing more than bits and pieces and scatter them abroad until there was very little left that wasn't just nothing more than a shred of what it used to be. I want you to think about what Nehemiah had to deal with here. As he sat there and he wept and he mourned for days, the Bible says that Nehemiah began to do something. He began to weep and it's okay to weep. It's okay to weep for a while, but then his weeping turned into prayer time. Nehemiah said, okay, I've wept long enough and it's okay for you to weep. If you found yourself in a place, I believe that weeping is a place that brings us unto repentance. But when we we find ourselves in a place where we begin to weep about what the world has done to our life, we begin to weep about where it is that we're at, and we begin to pray that God can do something about it in our life. When we begin to pray before him, and Nehemiah says, okay, I've cried long enough. I've sat here and worried long enough. Now I'm going to start praying about what to do about it. Amen. I'm going to start praying and asking God to give us some wisdom. Nehemiah wasn't some great captain. Nehemiah wasn't some great royalty. Nehemiah wasn't some great leader. Nehemiah, the Bible says, was the king's cupbearer. He brought the king's cup to him. He's nothing more than a servant. But God knows that a servant's heart is the greatest heart that he can ever find. Amen. Don't quit trying to do it all yourself. Quit trying to become a, 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 a self-made. Quit trying to uh, quit trying to fix it all yourself. Amen. When you get the heart of a servant, God can take the heart of a servant and turn him into the, one of the greatest leaders that the world has ever known. Don't ever question God's ability to take what others are throwing away and start something new, something exciting. Nehemiah could have stayed sitting in a pool of tears and never seen the promise of God fulfilled. But the Bible says that when he finished crying, that he started praying. And as he prayed, he began to remember God's promises. Now, not all of God's promises are are uplifting. I believe he remembered one of God's promises that was the reason that, that they were in the situation that they were in. Nehemiah 1 and 8 he, he writes this, remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, if, 
ye transgress. I will scatter you abroad among the nations. He, Nehemiah came to the understanding that where they were at at this point in time was directly correlated to what they had done and how they had rejected God. It was a rejection of things that were holy that had brought them to where they were at. It was a rejection of things that were righteous that had caused them to become slaves. It was a rejection of things that God had designed them to be. Amen. And they were not doing those things that had caused their city, Jerusalem, to be destroyed. That's right. Nehemiah understood it. He said, this is not your fault, God. This is our fault. He didn't try to shake his finger at God and say, God, if you'd only care just a little bit more. No. He said, God, you showed us the way and we rejected your way. And now we're where we're at because of that rejection of your great word. He took the responsibility because of their rejection, because of their idolatry, their illicit lifestyles, their prostitution, their drunkenness. They had become scattered remnants, nothing but remnants. Not much has changed today. The same things have taken on different faces, but still have the same effect, ripping people's lives into pieces. We cannot continue on being ungodly and still expect the blessings of God to be put upon us I'm just going to say this we need to pray for New York (sighs) terrible tragic mistake was made that won't just affect that the people that made it it will affect the lives of the innocent and Illinois is not far behind them we got to be careful. We've got to pray. Amen. It's okay for us to weep and to mourn. We can sit back here and weep about what's happening in our country, but there comes a point in time where we got to hit our knees, and if we don't pray, then we can't complain about what's taking place. Our country needs prayer more than it's ever needed prayer before. I refuse to be dragged down a road of unrighteousness because I know it will just leave us scattered and torn, but we need prayer to you now. Us. We need the churches of God to stand up and say right is right and wrong is wrong. Some would call what I've just said a hate crime, but let me tell you something. I'm going to stand up on the word of God. That's not a hate crime. This is doing what is right. This is protecting those that cannot protect themselves. Amen. We fall. They, we, 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 we would be just mortified at the thought of how they used to toss their babies to the God Dagon back in, in biblical days. Amen. We've just changed the name. The God's name is no longer Dagon. The God's name now is convenience. If it's inconvenient, get rid of it. If it's, if it's inconvenient and causes me to have to take responsibility for what I've done, get rid of it. But let me tell you something. Right is right and wrong is wrong and every life matters. And I especially believe that the life of the unborn child matters as much as anything matters in this world. We've come a long way since they founded this country in 1776. I didn't say we've come a long way in the right direction. I just said we've come a long way. 
We've been a nation that's been blessed. We've been a nation that's been vibrant. We've been a nation that has led the entire world. But that can all be stripped away and we can be left as nothing more than a remnant if we refuse to stand upon the godly principles that have been laid down before us. We must still have a foundation based upon God's word. Nehemiah said, I understand that, God. I get it. We've messed up. This is our fault. This is not your fault. We've made this mistake. We've turned our back against you. And because of all those things, now we're suffering the consequences of it. But God, I still remember some other promises as well. And that's where the hope began to set in. He said, you know, if, if the, there's a next line that said, but if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were you cast out into the uttermost part of heaven. Well, God, that pretty much describes exactly where we're at. We're scattered. The Bible goes on to say in verse 9, Yet will I gather them from thence, and I will bring them unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Amen. I believe that Nehemiah began to read those scriptures, and he understood that we're scattered, and we're nothing more than a remnant because we have been rejected. But I believe that he had a glimpse of hope when he said, You know what? If we'll just turn our backs uh, away from this world and we'll turn back to God, I believe that the promise that put it, got us here will be the promises that bring us out and he looked at that promise and he began to read that word and he said yet I will gather them from this and what he began to say was it might be a remnant God it might just be a piece it might just be a, a little spot here and there God we might be scattered all over Babylon there might be a remnant left in Jerusalem but I can see you God going around gathering the remnants back together and bringing them back together again our best day is not over our best day is not behind us but God can take the remnants of this nation's life God can take the remnants of this church God can take the remnants that are in your life and he can gather them together again and make them whole <laughs> you hear me today there's no scrap there's no remnant in your life that is too small for God to overlook. There's no bit, no piece. There's no part of you that is so dirty that God won't pick it up and put it to use. I remember the days back when it was embarrassing if you bought your clothes at secondhand stores. Now it's become the chic thing to do. Amber Carnahan's <clears throat> mom has this shop down here. She gathers clothes for us all, all year long for, for, the, for the young people. <coughs> now, she has a, a secondhand shop. You go in there, and they got some cool stuff in there, some great, great clothes. You don't have to go to Macy's and pay, <clears throat> you know, $75 for a shirt. You can run right down here and find one that's gently used for a few dollars. What a great concept. They've taken what somebody else would have at one time tossed and repurposed it. But here's the great thing. She'll take bags. I don't know. How many bags, Amber, did you guys take this last time? Almost 200 
trash bags full of, of clothing. Took him up to a place in Fairview Heights that gives our youth group almost $500 to get them on their way to youth convention. What is it that, that, that we're hauling up there? It's stuff that people wanted to get rid of. They didn't want to have a yard sale. They didn't want to repurpose it. They just wanted it out. They just wanted it gone. They had a different point of view about what was in those bags than what Amber's mom had. So we took those bags, or they took those bags this time. They hauled them up to a place. We said, well, does it have to be nice? No, they'll take scraps. It, it, can, be, it can be old. What they don't clean up and resell, they take and they, they put them in make rags out of them and the rags go to clean all these different they, they use every part of it for something they've turned that place into quite a business in taking what other people deem as remnants and making a prosperous business out of it God's a scrapper. God's into scrapping. God's into remnants. God's into bits and pieces. God's into things that the world would throw you out and, and, and the world will throw you out when they're done with you. When the world is finished and it's gotten all of its usefulness out of you and you're no longer flawless, now you have a few wrinkles You've got an age spot or two. It's drained every last ounce of, of anything good out of you. The world will kick you to the curb so fast that it'll make your head spin. But I, in my mind, see Jesus walking the streets looking for what the world has kicked out and saying, come unto me, all ye that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Would you stand with me today? One of our ladies in this church has a very unique gift that the Lord has given her. Some of you have probably seen Sister Kim Smith's quilts that she makes works of art masterpieces one of a kind one of them hangs up somewhere over in St. Louis I believe in a museum that's impressive you don't ever hear her talking about this because she won't pat herself on the back so I'm gonna I'm gonna let you know she is gifted she is talented but she takes scraps bits and pieces things that you could never design a a whole dress out of or a whole blanket but she'll see a, a a small piece of material and say that'll be the perfect I can cut this and and make that into the edging or I can make a small design here or make a small design there we have one of hers in our home and it's it there's nothing like a quilt but a quilt is nothing more than old pieces of scraps old remnants that somebody said I still see value I want to end with that today. 
God is here to take some of your bits and pieces, some of what's left of you, and he's put you into a church full of other people who are remnants, castaways, people that have been made to feel like they didn't belong. And he's going to join you together in a church family and make you fit in and a into a place where on your own you might have been nothing more than a scrap but once he designs you into the family of God you become a part of a work of art this church is going places this church is growing this church is expanding and as it expands guess what God's doing he's taking another remnant and he's placing it in a spot in this church. Amen. God has taken just very recently and given us, maybe you don't know these folks as well as I do, and I don't know them as well yet, but every single one of you that is here today, God has placed you here to put you in and use you for his glory. Thank you for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. You can follow this podcast for more great episodes from the Landmark family. If you are ever in our area, our doors are open on Sundays at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thank you once again for listening to the Landmark Apostolic Church's podcast. God bless.